At Morgan Stanley, old school hard work meets bold new thinking. At 88 years old, we still see the world with the wonder of new eyes, helping you discover untapped possibilities and relentlessly working with you to make them real. Old school grit, new world ideas. Morgan Stanley. To learn more, visit morganstanley.com slash why us. Investing involves risk. Morgan Stanley Smith Barney, LLC. This is Squawk Pod. I'm CNBC producer Katie Kramer. Today on our podcast, Tesla making big moves. Teslarians are the musketeers, whatever you want to call them. The electric car maker joining the S&P 500 and set to be one of the most valuable stocks in the index. Are they still short this stock, the Teslackers? A new crop of conservative news outlets heating up the cable competition. Could Newsmax become Trump TV? CEO Chris Ruddy. Newsmax, while we can be supportive editorially, We report both pro and con about the administration all the time. Those stories, plus Warren Buffett buying pharma stocks and Amazon taking over your pharmacy. I can't see myself switching any of our prescriptions to Amazon Prime, at least right now. It's Tuesday, November 17th, 2020. Squawk Pod begins right now. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Squawk Box here on CNBC. I'm Becky Quick, along with Joe Kernan and Mike Santoli. Andrew's off today. Tesla is joining the S&P 500 on Monday, December 21st. Based on yesterday's closing price, that would make it one of the top 10 companies in that index. And with the after-hours move, the market cap is about $430 billion. That makes it the eighth biggest and in striking distance companies like Walmart and Visa. Now, because of the large size of the addition, the S&P Dow Jones indices is seeking feedback from the investment community on how exactly to do this, to determine whether Tesla should be added all at once or in two separate tranches. The decision about uh, which company Tesla will replace uh, will be made at a later date, and the gain in the stock would make Elon Musk the world's uh, third richest person passing Mark Zuckerberg, and there's so many interesting angles to this. The, uh, I was just trying to figure out, it, it, it used to be we had like the Iomegans and the Prestechians and the, um, um, the Tazarians, and they were all long. They were really obnoxious, vocal people that owned the stock, and if you said anything, they'd get mad. Teslarians, or the, 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 the musketeers, whatever you want to call them, they started out like that. But then they were replaced on the total obnoxious side by the people that are short this stock, Santoli. And they're still, are they still short this stock, the Teslackers? And they get so mad and they got all these charts and you're going to be wrong. You're going to be wrong. And they get so animated and we're such, you know, we're just duped reporters that, that report on Tesla and let all this... When do they throw in the towel? And is that when we well, sell? Well, they largely have. This is not nearly as heavily shorted a stock as it was. I mean, just the rise in the, in the shares have basically taken care of, of a lot of that. But it's fascinating because the exact reason that so many people were short, all the fundamental... Uh, challenges, the valuation that you really have to stretch to compute it based on what the company is worth today in terms of the financials, that's also what probably kept it out of the S&P to this point, which is just a lack right. of, of predictable, consistent profitability and this idea that it was inflated beyond its, uh, its economic footprint. So all that stuff is, is fascinating right now. And, and the fact that S&P, look, three months ago, they took a pass on it. Who knows exactly why? But it seems like they wanted the fever to break in the stock a little bit. By that point, the stock gone from 275 to 500 in like three weeks. And so it sort of has flattened out and, and, and maybe uh, digested some of that. And it's just 
becoming too hard to mechanically keep a $400 billion company out of the index. So it's, uh, it's pretty fascinating. I mean, there was some crossover between the Teslarians, no, the Teslackers, and the moder Moderna Arians or whatever. When, you know, Stefan Boncel sold, some, they, they were all this, like the same people. It got very strange. I don't think Twitter's a great, uh, a, a great place to pay a lot of attention to. Maybe it's, uh, <laughs> well, you, you, yes. you don't want to step into the <laughs> wrong stream, which obvious. it seems from what you're saying you have. Have done. you done that, Santoli? Yeah. You're, you're pretty, you're pretty, you don't take a lot of... Uh, I mean, you know, they, they'll definitely come for you if you have something less than flattering to say about the company. I'm just waiting right now. Well, it's I'm not just if you have something waiting. less than flattering to say. If you just put somebody on the air. And I think, yeah. you know, like when we've put Kathy Wood on the air is when we have gotten like the full front right. Or our other friend kind of who, who's still negative, uh, the, uh, Gordon uh, Johnson, when we have Gordon on. And he, right. he's very smart and has all these really good reasons and, and everything. I mean, but I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Those really good reasons you know, haven't thing, worked out the, too well. The thing that really struck me is watching this being compared to Walmart. And if you look at it, the close yesterday for Walmart was $432 billion. If you look at Tesla today with a 12% gain, you're talking about a market cap of roughly $426 billion. So within spitting distance of what you would see with that. And that kind of struck me. And this is not a knock on Tesla. This is not a knock on Elon Musk. But if you look at owning a piece of a business, which is what owning a stock is, if you look at owning a piece of a business, the idea that you could have one share of Tesla, a piece of Tesla or a piece of Walmart is kind of shocking to me, you know, when you think through what these businesses actually are. Um, Walmart is the biggest employer in the United States outside of the federal government. It's 10% of total retail sales. 10% of all money spent in the United States on retail exchanges yeah. goes to Walmart. And Walmart's, I think, if you looked last year, it was $523 billion in revenue last year. It's on track for about $550 billion in revenue this year in sales. And I'm just looking at the Tesla numbers. For Tesla last year, it was, you know, like $24 billion. It, wait, that's not, yeah. yeah, okay. So you're just looking at the comparisons for some of these things, 24 versus $523 billion. And I understand that it's a growth stock and there's all kinds of grand ambitions that they have for these things. I understand that Elon is brilliant. You see him shooting men into space and men and women into space. Um, and that's all great. But SpaceX is not part of Tesla. And I, I just if I had no, the choice of owning a piece of a business, well, I, yeah, I think it, I'd this, take the Walmart. Tesla is seen as as what replaces internal combustion engines in, in the world. That that's how we I, I get know. away. And we, I know. And, I, and, and, and there's, you is, got guys like that. Kathy Wood comes on, and she's got, you know, a lot of really far, they seem at the time to be uh, hyperbolic views. But take Ron Barron. I mean, Ron is a dreamer, I obviously. Know. But uh, right. he, he's believed it and has been so right about it all along that and he's I mean, made a ton it really of does represent the transition almost from you know we went from the stone age to the industrial age and we're going to go from the mm -hmm. internal combustion engine and henry ford and model t's and all that and we're going to go into this you know emissionless future and that i think tesla has all those dreams in the stock price well look every every stock a lot is, to push through a stock. Is, is is valued based on some proportion of what the company's already done and what it might do in the future and so for tesla it's mostly right. about the future for walmart it's mostly about what it's done already and i guess you know 25 years ago or 23 years ago when amazon came public we would have been making some of these comparisons against sears 
as opposed right. to Walmart. Uh, now, yeah, but that I, being said, I don't think Walmart is Sears. I mean, I think what Walmart has done under Doug McMillan no, has I'm been not suggesting pretty they amazing are, in terms of keeping up and even going after things like TikTok. I mean, this is, they are, tra Doug McMillan keeps a list on his phone of the top 10 retailers through every decade. Yeah. He's very aware of how quickly you can become irrelevant. And I think they've done a very good job of trying to make sure that they are keeping up. Now, I'm not saying it's the same sort of growth prospects that you see with Tesla, but Amazon. this was the comparison today that struck me, yeah. that, that made me think, wow. A regulatory filing revealed a slew of changes to Berkshire Hathaway's portfolio in the third quarter. The conglomerate bought 2.4 million shares of T-Mobile in the last quarter. It also took on big positions in pharmaceutical, pharmaceutical stocks, including AbbVie, Merck, Pfizer, and Bristol-Myers Squibb. In the meantime, Berkshire trimmed its Apple stake by 3.7%. Apple, though, remains Berkshire's biggest equity holding. Berkshire also sold most of its position in J.P. Morgan Chase. It cut its stake from 22.2 million shares to less than a million. Berkshire also dialed back its investment in Wells Fargo, M&T Bank, and PNC Financial. And Berkshire cut its relatively new stake in gold miner Barrick Gold by 42%. Joe? Wish I understood uh, the, the rationale behind some of those moves. Um, Which moves? J.P. Morgan. I thought this was the time that, uh, that the banks, uh, you know, have been hurt. And, you know, it's above book, unlike some of the other ones, uh, obviously. But I don't know. It seems like we're coming out of he's, something he's that, built that, up. that would be good, huh? Well, he's built up a huge position in, in Bank of America. Remember, he's really pushed up his position. Right. He, he owns more than 11 percent of, of that uh, bank You buy now. the mining stock. I don't think why, the gold was why, ever why, him. Yeah, that's what I mean. I don't think gold was ever him. I think thing. some of these who's moves are Todd and Ted. Who's him? Yeah. yeah. Who, who, what are his moves? And it, you know, my, my guess is the pharmaceuticals were him because it's $5.6 billion. That's a big position. And that's, you know, each of the, each Todd and Ted each have substantial portfolios, but that would be a massive part of their portfolio. So my guess would be that the, the, these, these moves that we're looking at right here, I would guess are, are he and or Charlie. Um, I would guess the T-Mobile is not him. I can't imagine that that's him, but I, I guess I could be wrong on that. Right. I don't think the gold was him. I think the gold was either Todd or Ted, so I think them moving their position in that is, is that. And um, J.P. Morgan Chase, a little surprising. PNC Bank, a little surprising. I know he liked both those banks a lot, uh, but he's yeah. also really hugely built up his stake in Bank of America, so I don't think it's a step away from financials overall. And um, Apple, that's such a small, I mean, that's, that's a rounding it's a very small position, yeah. yeah. All right. right. I, I, I actually wonder on the Apple if that was even something they did or if that was, right. you know, like rebalancing. It, it, sometimes they have moves that they make. I don't even think it's rebalancing. I think at times yeah. they, they end up moving something because, you know, one of the portfolios for one of the companies that they control, if you're moving pension funds or something in and out of it. I, I don't know that, but having not talked to him at all about this, I was surprised to see the Apple move, and my only thought was maybe that was some shuffling somewhere. I'd, I'd, I'd be surprised if this is the beginning of some move they're making. Well, Apple. the dollar commitment to Apple remains just about exactly. I mean, it's up so right. much that you trim yeah. back, you know, three and a half percent of your, of your position, yeah. and you still yeah. have a huge commitment to it. Some big news this morning, including Amazon launching an online pharmacy in the United States. The service is called Amazon Pharmacy, and it went live this morning. Amazon Prime members will receive discounts and get free two-day shipping. 
This news means, of course, to increase competition for drug retailers like Walgreens, CVS and Walmart. And all three of those stocks have been under pressure. Wow. In fact, check this out. When the news first hit this morning, each of those stocks were down by two to three percent. But right now, Walgreens Boots down by 10 percent, CVS Health down by six percent and Rite Aid down by almost 10 percent as well. Walmart shares up by about seven tenths of a percent. Uh, probably less of a competitor for Walmart than these other threes. But guys, I was thinking about it and thinking about what I will do. I'm a very heavy Amazon Prime user. I ship everything. But I don't think I'm going to leave either CVS or my local apothecary. I, I keep both of those right now for two very specific reasons. CVS, I, I make sure we have prescriptions there so that when I'm traveling, if something happens that we need a prescription in a pinch, I can go to a CVS that's going to be anywhere in the country and get that prescription filled immediately. Or my local apothecary, I, I love them because I, I know them. They're, they're very friendly. They'll do things like mix up um, things that you can't get that are hard to find in CVS and some of the other big chains. Or they'll also deliver things same day immediately. Great people. Uh, and I have relationships with both of those for those reasons. I, I can't see myself switching any of our prescriptions to Amazon Prime, at least right now. Well, mm. no, and I can see there's going to be obviously a core uh, customer for, for all of these folks. But I do think Amazon can skim away that kind of monthly uh, prescription for somebody that gets it every time, gets it in the mail anyway. Uh, and, and therefore, uh, there's just that added little piece of it. The other part in terms of the stock reaction is Walgreens and CVS up 30 percent their stocks this month. So there was this massive move in those names because they were considered to be perhaps beneficiaries of the distribution of the COVID vaccine. They're in all the value indexes. Those stocks are getting bought pretty heavily right now. So it seems like uh, perhaps they were just out a little bit on a limb when this news hit. And, and of course, you've often seen these kind of knee-jerk reactions to anything Amazon does, you know, buying Whole Foods and kind of kills the supermarket stocks for a little while. That didn't necessarily last. So a lot of, lot of things going into this. Early reaction, I guess. You like the service, Becky. But I, I mean, I get stuff. I get front of store stuff, baby powder, stuff like that. Um, but I guess that can easily. <laughs> you you know, get I get baby, baby powder. powder. You know, I get baby powder. But yeah. um, uh, you know, chafing. You know, things. You know, it's just much smoother operation uh, with baby powder. But. <laughs> Um, but but uh, you can get all those things delivered, too, right? What I don't understand, yeah. uh, years ago, people in rural areas would get their medicine, you know, mail, it, it would all come in there. So I don't see how that, this is that different uh, than that. It's probably cheaper, no, and CVS I guess, has and pushed a lot of people. And, CVS yeah. pushed a lot of people to take it by the mail. If you want to get it at some of the same cheap prices for years, they've been pushing you to get it by mail, too. I guess I get that. For me, it's... It's more of the safety factor of thinking, okay, what if something happens and I don't have somebody's essential medicine? Right. I, I know that I can get it filled anywhere at a CVS, same day, instantly, and I've used that service when we've traveled. And my, my local apothecary, they're just great people. I, I, I yeah. prefer to talk to them, and I, I see them, and I know them. And, and during COVID, they've been delivering stuff to the door, no problem. You know what? You need a brother that's a doctor. I can get prescriptions anywhere, anytime, <laughs> uh, doesn't matter where. It's, it's really convenient. Um, <laughs> anyway, that, but not, every, that, not everyone is that, uh, not everyone is that, that lucky. Um, yeah. They, they, they will make it cheaper. They will do it better. They will, uh, you know, another thing, yeah. contact lenses should come in the mail. You shouldn't have to constantly go and, and, I, and I already do that. 1-800-CONTACTS. You already do that. Okay. Santoli, right. you, you don't need anything except uh, maybe a, a uh, multivitamin, do you? I mean, you're I'm huh? getting there. Are there. you really? I, I like <laughs> denial to me is a, is a pretty good strategy for, for now. So we'll see. <laughs> right, the um, state of denial.
Next on Squawk Pod, the CEO of Newsmax, the conservative cable channel, has seen viewership rise sharply in the last eight months. He defends his coverage and his perspective. Saying that Fox wasn't, <laughs> that you were supportive of the president and Fox News wasn't supportive enough, does that make you a news channel? Or does that make you a, Look, like a, I, a, an activist or a, I, or a pack? I think that news organizations have editorial perspectives. We'll be right back. What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration. Our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager. This is Squawk Pod from CNBC. The highly charged, unusual 2020 election cycle has piqued a conservative appetite for alternative media. Americans frustrated with content moderation at Twitter and Facebook have begun using an app called Parler. Check out Squawk Pod last week, the show from November 12th, for more on the rise of that platform. Some U.S. conservatives are frustrated by Fox News, in particular with the network's decision to call the state of Arizona on election night for Joe Biden. And then, of course, Fox called the election itself a few days later. Enter Newsmax, a case news channel that has not yet called the election for Biden and is often considered the Fox alternative. Newsmax is home to former White House Press Secretary Sean Spicer's news show and TV host Greg Kelly, who had been on a Fox local station in New York. And according to Nielsen Ratings, the channel has seen an uptick in viewership throughout the last few months of the campaign season, although it's still about half of Fox's audience on its best day. This past Sunday, the Wall Street Journal reported that the channel may be a target for acquisition. A private equity firm with ties to the Republican National Committee reportedly explored a buyout of Newsmax as part of its pitch to create a media business aimed at political conservatives. Part of that pitch could be a Trump TV channel. Although that's still hearsay in the media world, Newsmax founder and CEO Chris Reddy responded to the Wall Street Journal article denying that he's actively selling the company but admitting Newsmax would be open to talking to Donald Trump about a weekly show. That brings us to today. Here's Joe Kernan. Let's welcome Newsmax Media CEO Chris Reddy. Thanks for joining us, starting from scratch with a conservative uh, outlet uh, with, I guess, you've got your sights set on Fox News to some extent. Chris, not, not exclusively, uh, but fill us in on some of the strides that you've made lately because it's pretty significant in terms of ratings and success, then we'll get to, to Trump TV and whether that's a possibility. But, but you've been, sure. I've been seeing some, some metrics that I, I thought I was reading them wrong. <laughs> Thank you, Joe. Well, Newsmax has been around for a while. As you know, we started in the 90s as a digital media company. Uh, we have become one of the leading cable news channels. Uh, we are now on every major cable system in the United States. Um, and recently, in the past eight months, I would say our audience tripled before Election Day because of the great programs like Greg Kelly Reports and Sean Spicer's show and others that we've had on. And, um, and then the election, we've just really boomed. People are turning off Fox. Even Brian Stelter at CNN said that uh, we're really cutting now into Fox's audience. Last Thursday night, Nielsen reported that we had over one million people per minute tuning in. And I always say that tells half the story because we're also free on a lot of OTT devices like Roku and and YouTube Live, which Fox is not. And we think that almost doubles our audience 
So when Fox says they're getting two million a minute and Newsmax is getting one million in Nielsen, we're we're really cutting in. I think it's because people want a consistent, good quality news product. Fox has been around a long time, and um, I think that they've had a lot of market share. They control about half the cable market. It, it's uh, not a. I think uh, yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I want to get to so many different things. It's not a, a typical business model, is it, with, with sub fees and, and advertising? Do you, or how does it work? Are you paying to be on some of these, uh, on these uh, cable outlets? Are you profitable? Or? I can't disclose our, our affiliate agreements and, and how our deal structure is. We do know that when Fox started in the 90s, they paid about $10 a cable subscriber to get on. And they did that over four or five years. Um, Newsmax is is on all the cable systems. Uh, okay. We are also in our initial startup phase on all the OTT devices. We are largely based on advertising as a revenue model. That has going exceedingly well. Ad sales have doubled in the past several months. We're expecting it to double again in the next yep. three to four months. Um, I wonder about the, the, the advertising. Even on Fox, if I don't want that gutter thing, I, there's nothing else on Fox that, that's being advertised. It makes me wonder about some of whether Fox has all the advertisers that, that they want. It's either that or something that Seb Gorka oh. is selling me. He's selling me a bunch of different snake oil elixirs and, and stuff. Yeah, well, Fox, Fox, you know, gets a lot of their, most of their money from affiliate fees. I think right. Newsmax poses a real risk to them. Because as cable operators see they could replace Fox with Newsmax, it will definitely drive down their affiliate fees. Could be very catastrophic for their stock price because the first operator that does it, typically in the industry, all the other cable operators get the lowest rate. So okay. Fox, I think, has got a similar problem to what the Weather Channel did or happened with them where they used to be worth billions of dollars. They've seen a rapid decline. Um, you know, and I think Newsmax is on the ascent. I think people, right. the operators, well, were quality product. And I'm sorry to keep, I, I, I apologize, that I, but I want to get to so many things. So the Hicks Muse story that was in the, in the front page of the Wall Street Journal, uh, Trump Associates raising $200 million to buy Newsmax uh, as a Fox News alternative, and, and it would be like Trump TV or something. You, you know uh, Tom Hicks, I think, and you, you talked to him. Uh, but this was never discussed Look, I don't want to reveal private discussions, but I do know the Hicks. I respect them. They're a great investment bank. They've done other media deals. So everybody's trying to say they're doing Trump TV. I don't know what if that's true or not. You should ask them. Uh, first of all, I think Newsmax, we know our valuation is higher than $200 million. So I don't know where that number came from. Um, you know, sometimes through the years, we've had a lot of people approach us, Joe, to buy Newsmax, invest in Newsmax. These are oftentimes very informal discussions. They're not formal. And I think, again, you know, the Hicks family, very respected, but we had no deal with them. And I think it was pretty clear in the journal article. A lot of people are trying to see a tie with the president. I've been friends with him a long time. The Hicks family have been friends with him for a long time. But I think they're reading into it a little a little too much. OK, um, then there was and we talked about the, the conservative uh, outlets are coming. There's a, something called Parler. And I think this was a fake parlor post that said Tucker Carlson was headed over uh, to Newsmax. But I don't know, maybe, I don't know what the implication was for why, why he would do that. I think you'd need that $200 million from Tom Hicks to get Tucker over to Newsmax. But he said he's not going to do that. 
uh, and he's going to stick around at Fox. But so there's a lot of, of interplay with, with, with a lot of movement in this uh, in this arena right now. Isn't there a lot of conjecture? Yeah, well, I don't know if any of it's true. We're in no discussions with Tucker joining Newsmax. We have a great guy, Greg Kelly, who's leading our nightly programming and doing incredibly well. Um, look, I respect a lot of the people over at Fox. I certainly respect Rupert Murdoch for what he did in building Fox. He was a pioneer in really. Is that what you want to do, Chris? Uh, you want to be? You want to? Do you, do you want to replace Fox News uh, or at least compete in that space and and, and take market share primarily well, away from them? Cable news market's a $6 billion market. Fox has half of it. They've had no competition. We are the first. We, are, we have the distribution now to compete with them head on. Um, and I think that the country needs... Fox was very schizophrenic, Joe, in this, uh, in this um, previous uh, election uh, in its support and consistency about the president. I think Newsmax was consistently supportive of the president. I think he was very disappointed. He's told me personally that he wasn't happy with the Fox News coverage. And, you know, the election night where they called Arizona, but they wouldn't call Florida. Um, and a number of other things, you know, they won't report on vote fraud. Newsmax is talking about that. We don't believe there's a conspiracy, but we are talking about those issues. And I think the president should have the right to contest the election if it's right. that close. But, but saying that Fox wasn't, <laughs> that you were supportive of the president and Fox News wasn't supportive enough, does that make you a news channel? Or does that make you a, Look, like a, a, an activist or a, I, or a pack? I think that news organizations have editorial perspectives. CNN and MSNBC have consistently had an anti, anti-Trump messaging uh, going on over there. Um, Fox You're has kidding. been sort of schizophrenic. Newsmax, while we can be supportive editorially, we report both pro and con about the administration all the time. And if you go to our website, you'll see that. Um, generally, uh, you know, truth in advertising, we have an editorial point of view that support free markets, supports free enterprise, less tax cuts, strong defense. These are th issues that the president supports. And I think as a news organization, uh, I look at the New York Times. I think that is the most liberal. Um, you know, sometimes it looks just like propaganda and, and people say it's the respected New York Times. Well, give me a break. You uh, you make some 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 very uh, cogent points, uh, Chris, and I, I'm I'm looking at it, uh, how Newsmax is, it seems to be on the rise. We all love competition. I bet you Fox News uh, welcomes the competition uh, as well. The bigger the pie, the it just expands the it expands it for everyone. And we wish you well and wish you luck and, and appreciate you coming on. And, and we want to check back in with you, uh, you know, in, in the future uh, for an update. Thank you, Glad to be okay. on. Okay, great to have you. Squawk Pod. We'll be right back. Canva presents unexplained appearances. It was an ordinary workday until... That presentation appeared out of thin air. Also, it's eerily on brand. Wait, did that agenda just write itself? Words appear, making this unexplainable case... Unexplainable? It's Canva's AI tools. I can generate slides and words in seconds. Really? <clears throat> the real mystery is why I'm only learning this now. Canva.com. Designed for work. Support for this program is provided by Chevron. Demand for energy is projected to continue rising in the future. To help keep up, Chevron is increasing their U.S. oil and gas production. And they're innovating to help do it responsibly across their operations, including their Gulf of Mexico facilities, 
which are some of the world's lowest carbon intensity operations, helping supply energy that's affordable, reliable, and ever cleaner. That's energy in progress. Learn more at chevron.com slash meeting demand. You're listening to Squawk Pod, today with Joe Kernan, Becky Quick, and Michael Santoli, digesting the news of Amazon's pharmacy launch and the changing face of retail. Here's Joe. Unbelievable. I mean, what next? Santoli, you, you, you there? Sorry, Bat. Yeah. I, I, he's my movie guy. You remember um, RoboCop? Do you remember that there was one company? Yeah. There was one company <laughs> at that time. Right. Amazon. We're headed there. Well, we're headed there. It's going to be Amazon. There's going to be nothing else. We and just we're gonna... finished talking about Walmart and how there's not a weak point in their earnings. And their earnings. I know. You, you know, know what I mean. I mean, a couple percent of GDP. But can yeah. I still buy a book at Amazon? You can. Can I order? Yes, can I? You, can. you don't have to yet, though, but you, you can. can. Think about Amazon. Think about that. Think about Jeff. I mean, what? He doesn't even look. Well, there's a picture of him here at the NASDAQ, Becky. You remember that picture of him? And you know what he looks like now? Oh, yeah. I mean, he's he Ringing looks. The bell. Yeah, exactly. Ringing the bell. Like he's like RoboCop. the guy we used. Terminator. He's like the guy we used to put on with the funny laugh, and now he looks like Adonis. You know, it's really it's classic the way the world works. I, you know, Joe, you were talking about how 30 years ago Buffett should have bought that company. That company didn't exist 30 years ago. I was, no, it's not I, even I'm 30. one of the very early subscribers to Amazon, and I think my account goes back to 1999, 21 years ago. Oh, amazing, young guy. I, you know, I, I'm such a fan uh, of the whole of the whole thing and capitalism and everything else. It's, I feel bad for the dis, people disrupted though, because they're and businesses disrupted because they're it's the way things work. Yeah, but it's, they got it's a very lot of painful. ingenuity that's taking place. That's Squawk Pod for today. Thanks for listening. Squawk Box is hosted by Joe Kernan, Becky Quick, and Andrew Ross Sorkin. On TV, tune in weekday mornings on CNBC at 6 Eastern. And to get the smartest takes and analysis from our TV show right into your ears, subscribe to Squawk Pod wherever you get your podcasts. We'll meet you back here tomorrow. People today can spend half their lives over 50. So it's good to be financially ready for what's important to you as you get older, like a family vacation. Or starting your dream business. Welcome to Connie's Coffee. How may I help you? AARP's trusted financial tools can help you plan for whatever your future holds. That's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Start planning today at aarp.org slash money tools.